the three-point shot. All right, it's episode seven of the three-point shot, and the first episode coming to you from three different states at the same time. I'm in Maryland, Colin's in Pennsylvania, Ben is in Massachusetts, and this is really cool. It's so cool seeing how technology has evolved to the point where we can have live conversations like this in three different states. Isn't it spectacular, guys? I'm yeah, it's sure fun. I've been able to do this since the As 40s. they talk over each other. <laughs> we do yeah. that in person, too. That's also fair. I'm sitting currently on the bed that is over top of the tote that contains the famous Antonio Bastardo autographed baseball. <laughs> it's right underneath me as we sit here and talk about it. It's magical. It truly is. Also, I think by the time we actually get into the show, we're going to be in well more than three states. There's going to be like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, denial, depression, grief, just sort of all, all, all the emotions that we, I'm sure I could think of a positive state that one day, oh, euphoria. That's, Honestly, that's every, single, <laughs> every single Eagles game throws me through the entire five uh, stages of grief. So that's fun. So, Not in necessarily states, but there's something. That's what I was thinking of this week. Cause I told you guys before we went on that I really haven't watched a lot of sports this week. I watched the end of Michigan Rutgers last night. And today I watched the overtimes of green Bay and Indianapolis and uh, Tennessee and Baltimore, but that was it. So one thing I wanted to start off with today is like, what have you guys watched in sports? Cause I know, I know both your football teams had excellent days today. So it's Ben, you want to go first? Sure. We were really bad. I slept through the beginning because I took a nap and forgot to set an alarm. And I think that was my brain trying to protect me because we did the thing we've done against Seattle and Denver and Buffalo, which is just like terrible first half. And you're like, okay, like maybe we can make it respectable. And then it's a one possession game with six minutes left and we have the ball and it's like, we're going to drive down and win this thing. And then we stall out around midfield I mean, yeah. yeah. The, what, uh, the only bright side of this weekend was uh, watching the Ohio State game with Ohio State fans because they won, but they, they didn't enjoy it at all. So that made it enjoyable it was, it was for me. It was a close one from what I saw. Uh, yeah. It was one of those games where, like, really the score should have been about, like, Ohio State should have won, like, 70 to 55 instead of 42 to 35, but both teams were so unbelievably – it was a combination of like spectacular play followed by complete ineptitude, followed by mind bogglingly strange coaching decision. Yeah. I mean, and then there was halftime. Justin Fields didn't play that well, right? He had like a little... No, he had three picks. Yeah. And they were all pretty bad. You want to talk a uh, Big Ten team making waves in, in college football? It's the Northwestern Wildcats taken down. Oh, positive waves. There are others making negative waves. He yeah. said, segueing over to Colin. Baby, how about them Nittany Lions? Who are you? Terrible. That's who you are. Oh my God. It is the worst start they've had in school history. They've never been 0-5 before. And I am loving it. Listen. I grew up in the greater Philadelphia area. So I grew up hearing about how the Nittany Lions are, you know, the best school and they're the blue and white and the blah, 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 blah. But man, do I get some deep-seated emotional catharsis 
watching them go out there week after week. And not only are they losing, but they're getting killed. There's out of the five games they've played, one of them went to overtime. One of them, they lost by a score and all the other ones they've lost by like 17 plus Maryland shredded them. Iowa killed them. The third team that I'm forgetting blasted them. I'm running out of verbs. Oh my God. Ohio State killed them. Indiana, that was the one where it was close. Indiana, Indiana. So they held tough against Indiana and everybody was like, oh man, Penn State lost to Indiana. Indiana might be good. And then they went out week two and was week two Ohio State. Yeah. So they got killed week two and everybody was like, well, it's Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. Then they go into week three and they get beat by the Terps in decisive fashion. And then they go into week four and they lose and they go into week five and Iowa absolutely served up a fresh cooked Gordon Ramsay L and handed it to him on a silver platter. And I am living for it. I, I like seeing Penn State lose football games. <laughs> honest, that's I know it might be a hot take, but I like seeing them lose because also they played like Iowa, who has no effect on us. Like Luca Garza can kill us later, although we had his number last year. So let that happen. We'll get to basketball soon because I'm hyped. But anyway, football. Yeah, Penn State, enjoy being 0-5 because James Franklin, I saw this on Twitter, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But you don't get the best recruit for having the worst record because this isn't the NFL. And yeah. if how this is going, I don't think you'll be coaching there anytime soon. Any other team I'd feel bad still about the Indiana game because the more I see that replay and highlights, the more I'm like, I think he was down out of bounds. But since it's Penn State, I'm like, nah, you've done enough to deserve getting hosed by this, by like a quarter of an inch. Yeah, This is what you get for being a pretty good college football team with the swagger of like a legendary football team. Like eventually like have they made the college football playoff since the college football playoff has existed um, no you sure wouldn't know like, that like a couple I, if they did they made it as a four seed and got waxed by alabama or they didn't make it. the only the only big 10 teams that have ever made it are ohio state and michigan state oh yeah. michigan state so, not what interchangeable big 10 east teams who go through wild ups and downs yep. so the greater point being that they have the swagger of a team with, they are the Browns of college football. They've been mediocre to pretty good at best, but they have the swagger of a team that has never lost in their history. And to finally see them get waxed time and time again, just, oh, it is truly just the best thing I could have asked for out of this dumpster truck of a year. Next Saturday at Michigan. <laughs> oh, for Penn State. I, I want that game to end like seven five. I want them to both lose because Michigan. I enjoyed that last night too. Michigan lost to Rutgers, which I don't know Rutgers, but Michigan escaped. No, Michigan, Michigan beat Rutgers. I meant to say yeah. Michigan beat Rutgers. Michigan uh, escaped everybody, Rutgers. Everybody lost in that game. Everyone lost. Especially us for watching. I thought Michigan's. I thought Rutgers had it, but anyway. It was nice seeing Rutgers football be relevant. I saw a tweet after taking credit for other people's tweets here today. 
I saw one tweet that was like, the Wikipedia for Rutgers football should just be that game. <laughs> um, I think it should be the first game, and then and yeah. then there was a like 1875, and then a gap, and then one good overtime loss. Um, that was our first overtime game in the Big Ten. <clears throat> yeah, that was like they're like they have like three conference wins in the Big Ten. Well, yeah, that is true. They have been getting killed oh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's been exciting to see. I do want to touch on Terps football. Second straight week, no game. Even more positive cases announced earlier this week. And Mike Loxley uh, has COVID. Obviously, we talked about this a lot throughout the week, but I just hope he's better. Do you guys think that they're going to you know, get the game in on Saturday? That's the noon kickoff for Indiana. I mean, that's not really like the input. This is one of those times where like sometimes people will try to be like, big and just be like the important thing is that people get healthy but like <clears throat> especially for a team like Maryland like you actually would be like for coaches and players you don't want to like cause any long-term damage or anything for a season where you're not gonna especially for a program on the rise where you're not gonna win anything like did you guys see um what Dabo Swinney said oh but I did not I, yeah yeah so, coming up Clemson, yeah, so um I'm just going to transition because I don't have much to say about, about Maryland and, and COVID and stuff. Like I hope we play, but, but it has to be safe first. And I'd, I'd rather not play and be safe than take a risk and play. Mm. But so Clemson was scheduled to play Florida state this weekend and they traveled down to Tallahassee. And then one of the players who had traveled with them, and I don't know whether he had had the result already, but one of the guys who was with them had a positive test and it essentially became a negotiation between the two teams, medical staffs and the ESPN alert I got just said the two teams like couldn't agree. And so they were like, you can't, and I don't know if it was them or the them not agreeing or the ACC, but they were just like, you can't play. And then today, Dabo Swinney came out and he was just like, Oh, they were using this as an excuse and like blah, blah, blah. And I mean, he's really gone from sort of being someone who annoys me because like he has sort of Pete Carroll energy and he coaches a really good team of like he claps too much and like fist pumps too much. But he's also just, I mean, given what he said about like not being so strongly against paying the players. And this was a really bad one where it was just like, they are still human beings. Yeah. And like- it's also, it would be different if they were like, we had a COVID test and like, we are the home team. We had a COVID test and we're not going to play. But you brought the dude with you. Like you were irresponsible here. Don't be mad at them. Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> I'll get into more of this later. But Grace Rayner from The Athletic had it. She said that uh, Davis Swinney said today, this game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game saying that FSU forfeited it. And if FSU wants to play Clemson, they can come to Death Valley or pay for Clemson's travel, which I'll get more into that later. But like, that's ridiculous, dude. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't. Because that game was canceled three hours. <laughs> yeah, listen, I. But like, I'm sure all the Florida State kids were at their tailgates and devastated about it, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, uh, listen, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to bring it down. We're a comedy podcast, uh, primarily in a You're sports a podcast. Second, we are we are credible, just hilarious and adorable guys. But I, anybody 
personally, and I will say this does not necessarily reflect the views of WMUC Sports and the Three Point Shot podcast, but um, anybody hounding on anybody for being overly cautious in a time like this when it comes to this pandemic, I think is as kind of being a little uh, irresponsible or a little not like intentionally kind of misconstruing a point. There's a difference between being too scared to play a team and faking an injury and having a player with a potentially deadly pandemic that might have long-term effects for all players involved who are, let it be known in the terms of college sports, unpaid children. Uh, um, so I, I think, you know, especially in terms of college sports, going after somebody for canceling a game as a result of that is a little, uh, it's, it's childish. And I think it's, it's, I, I lose a little respect for a, a person who does that, not implying I had respect for any parties involved beforehand, but, uh, yeah, it's it's silly to me. I think it's. I see. I see what you're saying. I do want to circle back to Maryland real quick before we move on. The Big Ten rules are that if a player tests positive, they got to go under the cardiology testing, but also they can't come back to play for 21 days after the. They like practice. Yeah, they can't resume team activities. Okay. For 21 days, so that's 15 people they said tested positive. That could be in addition to the previous eight, which I can't do math, but that's like a lot of players, you know, who would be 23. Are they releasing who the guys are? That's, that's the thing. They don't have to, if the guys want to come forward and say that they did. Yeah. I'd imagine it was, I mean, it's... no matter what, when you're getting up into the twenties, <laughs> it becomes a point where like you do run short on sort of Wisconsin, Wisconsin had that issue and they, they got over, they had a lot of guys, especially like their whole offensive line test positive and they got over their 21 days, but now you're getting into crunch time where there's a game every week. And, uh, you know, you, you might have to, to see if I, I'm going to stay home for Thanksgiving and work on the offensive line for you. Um, but I wonder if also, I don't think it applies to coaches. I didn't look into it, but that would be strange if Loxley, you know, can't coach for like three or four games. Three well, I think if he can't, I mean, but the difference is you can, I mean. A coach can zoom in is the yeah. thing. Yeah, like, I mean, you can like, give the, like, it's more difficult, like, to not be on the practice field being like, your quarterback runs a play and you like pull him off to the side and you're like, okay, you did this instead. You should have done this. It's more difficult to do that if you're a tablet being held up. Um, but you can do, you can do parts of it. So you're not in, as opposed to like a player can like study stuff and like you can zoom them into walkthroughs and, and like position meetings and stuff. But if you're not out there going and also like the physical demands of being a coach are a lot different than coming back as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I assume. I, um, I don't know if the, the thing where they run down the sideline celebrating on touchdowns really, really hurts them. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I mean, I hope obviously everyone gets well soon and the Terps play on Saturday because I'm, you know, it's always nice to watch Terps football when you're kind of home. I always find that kind of fun when you're like, you know, kind of because my family roots for, uh, you know, Duke and Villanova, <laughs> Maryland guy over here. And that's where I want to transition uh, college basketball starts this week terms play wednesday friday and sunday this week so i'll have three games before we record our next podcast against old dominion mount st mary's and navy not in that order i think maybe in that order but uh that sounds right to me yeah i think that'll be cool i think that'll be uh kind of fun to see um kind of fun to watch 
Um, the first game uh, Wednesday is on BTN Plus. You could watch that with WMUC's own Brendan Hartlove. Um, can't give away who his color commentator is because it's a surprise. It's not me, but it's a surprise. And then Jalen Smith. It is not, but is anyway. it Kevin Herter? No. Can we just guess for the rest of the podcast? Is it Sean Obi? <laughs> Stop guessing. That's anyway. the first time you've heard that name in three years. Is They're it Alex Tostada? <laughs> when I was guessing Hartlove, I was guessing Sean Obi, and I was wrong. So anyway, um, that they play all the other games are on BTN or like some other network that we can watch. So I'm really excited. Uh, except Maryland is not ranked in the top 25. Couldn't be. I was doing my notes this week, though, for like broadcasting. They've got a good team. The rest of the Big Ten is really good. Iowa's got Luca Garza coming back. Illinois has their uh, as uh, Kofi Coburn and and that crew, so he's gonna be really cool. Uh, you got Michigan, Rutgers, and Ohio State are all in the top twenty-five. I think they're 23, 24, 25, uh, some variation of that. So that's really interesting. Duke is number nine. Villanova is number three. I mean, they're returning like everyone except uh, Sadiq Bay, so they're gonna be really good. Um, yeah, so. College basketball, I'm excited. Before we get to the NBA draft, you guys want to talk about uh, college basketball? I mean, I think, yeah, I don't think we should be ranked. We have the feeling of, like, a big school, just, like, because we have a lot of, like, our, our veteran guys are, like, good but not, like, great, like Smith and Cowan were, or at least they haven't made that jump yet. And, like, we have a lot of young guys, and we have good recruits coming in. So this feels like the kind of thing where we're going to get bounced, we're going to make the tournament or like barely miss it or get bounced in like the round of 32. And then the commentator is going to give a long speech as they're dribbling out the clock about like this Maryland team has a bright future, um, which I think is true. Is that this year we lose Morcell, we lose Wiggins? After this year, we lose probably Morcell. We lose definitely the seniors – Marcel is the only Marcel's senior. The only, well, He's the only senior who plays. But Darren Marcel is the only senior. But oh, Wiggins, and Reese Mona might play this year. Wiggins was could have left for the NBA this year, so he he made a very good decision to not do that. I think he would have fallen. If he has a good year this year. Cap. But if he has a good year this year, yeah, if he has a good year, if Ayala has a good year, they could both be gone. Um, I think Scott would have to make a really big jump. But yeah, I, think- I mean, he put on some weight too. So did Scholl. Um, but sure. I love Dante Scott. I just want that on record before <laughs> the season starts. Broke out last year. Always got to love a Philly boy. I'm always going to rep Dante Scott or Imhotep, however it's pronounced. Imhotep. I, I feel like, don't quote me, but I feel like DJ Moore is also from Imhotep. I think you're right. And I think I know that because I read where he went to high school and you went, I think DJ Moore went there. And then we Googled it. Um, oh. But yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for first basketball. But speaking of it, the NBA draft was this week. Colin, you and I were watching it, and Woj and Shams were tweeting out the picks right before <laughs> it happened. So like, we were kind of ahead. But then I put my phone down for a little bit. I was like, I don't need to watch. Like, sticks won't come up for a while. And then Adam Silver gets up to announce the Suns pick, and it's Jalen Smith from the university. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I had said to you guys, uh, you know, in the text chat, obviously I run the, uh, the Twitter there uh, for the three point shot. Um, and obviously everybody here is super, super excited for Jalen. You know, I, I'm, I'm over the moon. Any Terp going in a lottery pick, I think, you know, I can't speak necessarily to the sun's needs or whatever, but I think 
<clears throat> going number 10 overall, Suns are getting a hell of a player in Jalen Smith. Um, <laughs> I was just a little dis- I was I was hoping he would fall uh, to the Sixers. I was really hoping. Um, we have Dwight Howard instead, which makes 13-year-old me very excited. But <laughs> man, if I didn't want Jalen Smith. But uh, congratulations to the, the Phoenix Suns. They're getting a, a, a hell of a player. Logs himself finally going in the lottery. Um, one of uh, in Maryland basketball put out a thing. How many of it is? Eight? Terps have been drafted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Because it's Bruno, it's Herter, it's Jalen. Dustin Jackson went, too. Dustin Jackson was a second-round pick. Diamond Stone was a second-round pick. Uh, Jake Lehman got picked. Miller never got drafted. Miller Trimble. No, I don't think he did. He should have stayed one more year. That would have been our freshman year. They would have had had Fernando, Cowan, Herter, Mello Trimble... Checo, Justin uh, Jackson. Yeah, but that that freshman that freshman year, Bruno is a very different Bruno from the Bruno you saw sophomore year, though. I would say freshman year Bruno was better than freshman year Jalen. I would agree with that, but Bruno from freshman year to sophomore year. I would was, say sophomore year Jalen was better than sophomore year Bruno. Yeah, yeah. freshman to sophomore Bruno. Bruno foul trouble all the time. What freshman year Bruno was just in foul trouble, like pretty much as soon as he would come off the bench. Yeah, but he would show his muscles to the crowd all the time, so we like it. Yeah, I mean, listen, freshman... safe when he does that. (laughs) Bruno, you know, Bruno became Bruno based on just the sheer amount of swagger he he brought with him to the court every time he come on. And don't get me wrong, Bruno's a fantastic player, but I, I think, you know, when it came from year to year, Bruno... Bruno came out really well, and then refined his game as opposed to Smith came out fine and kind of really elevated his game to a point where it's like Smith's ceiling might be higher than that. Bruno's ceiling might not quite be as high. Love them both to death. Love any Terp to death. Even Terps I didn't get to see. I'm still, I'm furious that he didn't, he didn't fall to the Celtics despite the fact that my bold prediction to end last week's podcast was that he'd be a lottery pick. So I'm, I'm smarter than all the mock drafters out there. Um, but, but when Silver went up to the podium and I heard that first J sound, I was like, no! I remember when I heard it, I, I had thought I'd misheard it. I, I, was sitting at the, I was sitting at the dining room table where we had recorded all of the previous podcasts, or most of them. Um, and I'm just scrolling on my computer and I just hear Silver go, with the 10th pick in the NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns select Jalen Smith. And I went, what? What? <laughs> oh, Ben, you have to guess which chair in our apartment I was sitting in when he made the pick. When he made the pick? Um, you were sitting in, you were sitting in the, the like armchair over by the window with your leg draped up over the arm of it. That is exactly right. <laughs> yep, he's got him. Absolutely 100%. <laughs> Nailed it. And that's how I was sitting right before we started this podcast, and I realized I should probably get up before I develop that problem. <laughs> I, I'm really mad because also because the day of the draft, I thought of my pun of Celt sticks, and I was like, well, we got to get them now. 
Yeah, but then I went uh, the 70 Stixers. Oh, yeah, that is better. I mean, good point now, I guess. Yeah, the minute I heard it, I was like, oh, it's got to happen. Then it didn't. Um, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm just happy for him. Uh, I can't wait for basketball. It, like, it, it hasn't hit. And I'm very nervous about COVID this season, as everyone is. I'm glad Maryland is doing no fans, but it's just, it's so fragile. And like every time I'm going to get excited for a game, it could get canceled in an instant. And football, it's easier because you only play once a week. But basketball, you're looking at two, three games a week and that can all, you know, come down. Because basketball season, especially during winter break, when it's like a really like a lull kind of in life and you're like not doing anything. Like I would, during winter break the past three years, I've looked forward to like Tuesday nights when I know I can watch Maryland basketball. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not because the ki- the players are obviously younger and they're kids, but I'd imagine NCAA basketball in general is going to be kind of like baseball was in the very beginning, where it's going to be a really shaky first couple of weeks where everybody's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. And then I think the powers that be, you know, be it whatever reason, are going to crack down and they're going to kind of rein everybody in. And I, I, I part of me thinks that somebody's going to really make sure that the season happens just based on the, you know, capitalist, there's a lot of money in college basketball, but you know, it's, if you could do baseball without a bubble relatively safely, I, I think you can figure out how to do it with basketball with much smaller teams. Yeah. But that's also the thing with much smaller teams. <clears throat> also basketball, they're closer together. You know, you can have an outbreak real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's... And losing two or three players can really, you know, be the whole difference maker there. As to where in football, if you lose two, you know, guys on the defensive line, you just hope for the best. And if you lose Trevor Lawrence, then it's over. I mean, (laughs) Until Notre Dame uh, manages to have their entire student section sit in the exact cloud of coronavirus Trevor Lawrence (laughs) left on the sideline. Before we move on from college sports, I don't know if we were gonna. I just gotta throw in. I was really sad today because I didn't know about. But um, Zach, did you or did either of you guys see about uh, William James Hervé? I did see. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he he had like to medically retire. Yeah, he's dealt with injuries for so long. He was uh, fun to watch though, and that's it was really sad because he was yeah he was like such the epitome of like what I imagined all European players who came to play college soccer were like. Which are just like, I'm just gonna dance on these dudes. Like, I'm just gonna play just like just like stepovers, weird moves and stuff. He scored that awesome like scissor kick goal against Kentucky in the tournament, uh, on the way to the national championship. So he was just he would he was really fun and it was really it feels like a lot of the guys on the Terps team have had a, have had bad luck with injuries and stuff. For the soccer team, so yeah, I think I think Sasha will will be able to to work around it, but you just feel bad for people, especially college kids when they have to medically retire, especially in these especially in these sports. Like, I mean, soccer, there's a little bit more of, but like, if you're playing college soccer, you're probably not going on to make huge money as a professional athlete. So just like you're committing so much time and so much effort into this. 
and then it's just like something totally out of your control and you're done. Uh, so for a guy who who I really enjoyed watching, I, I felt bad. Yeah, he's never gonna listen to this, but you know, shout out shout out to WJH. Yeah, um, if you guys don't have anything more on Maryland, I do have one more NBA thing to ask Ben about. That's free agency. Gordon Hayward. I mean, you have to be you have to be okay with him leaving for the amount of money that he got. Wow, that is a oh, yeah. that is a Michael Jordan contract if I've ever seen one. No, yeah. my uh, my uh, I'll just I'll just get a jump in so you guys can have more time at the end of the show because my no more jobs is every agent in the NBA except for Gordon Hayward's. <laughs> Dude's been an NBA All Star once. His most famous college play was a shot he missed. I'm not sure he's ever averaged 20 points in his career. Listen, you have career earnings of like $400 million. I don't want to get into it, but if a dude has ever made a career based on being pretty good at sports, super handsome and white, it has almost certainly been Gordon Hayward. Uh, (laughs) Dude is, that is, you know, to steal a comment on Reddit, Michael Jordan is almost as bad a GM as he was great a player. Like he is, he's almost as bad a GM as he was a Washington wizard. (laughs) Well, I I didn't follow basketball that early, but he was almost, he's, he might be as good a GM as he was a Chicago white Sox. Uh, (laughs) It's it's, I was, uh, listen, I've been told that Sixers fans aren't supposed to particularly like Celtics fans. So I enjoy the Celtics losing Hayward for nothing. When the I'm option was for nothing. when the option was lose Hayward for nothing or sign Hayward to that, how on earth can you uh, fault this? this well, that's the, that's the thing that's so weird is because we already so we it was a player option he declined, which means we're still obviously we don't pay him if he doesn't play for us, but it still counts towards our cap space, so we're still working to try because you get all these weird things. Like we did this with Kemba last year of where, when the guy declines the option, they do like a sign and trade of like, he picks up the option and then immediately gets traded. Um, So if we do that, then we can free up a ton of cap space and, and it would also help Charlotte with some sort of thing because you can do like weird trade exceptions. I really don't understand. Like every time I try to play NBA 2K franchise mode, it just drives home how little I understand the business and economics of basketball. Cause I'll be like trying to trade for somebody. I'll be trying to trade that. I'm I'm not going to be hypothetical about it. I'll be trying to trade somebody to the Hawks for Kevin Herter and Bruno Fernando. And they're like, this puts you over the salary cap. You need to put an exception in. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, can we go to like, hockey where it's like okay the money has to match up and if it doesn't they can either eat some of the salary or you can't make this trade i will say i do just wish that every sports free agency was like the nba where as soon as it starts it's over like it's just everyone's rolling in taking teams you know what's gonna mix terribly by the way Hmm. boston fans and kardashian fans because tristan thompson's a celtic now (laughs) That is going to be such an unbelievably weird or the alternative. It's either going to go terribly or you're going to have a bunch of like 
weird Celtics fan, like obsessive Celtics fans who are like, I guess I have to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians to see Tristan Thompson on TV more. Yeah. So, Ben, I got to ask, what is the, because I've seen it online and I am, obviously, if you, if you follow the Reddit, you can tell that if anybody is the meme lord, it would be me. Uh, so I see all these memes on our basketball that Michael Jordan just really loves overpaying Celtics. So between Terry Rozier and, and Gordon Hayward, how do you really feel about the contracts Michael Jordan is throwing around to all these former, like, I don't want to say one hit wonders, but these pretty good guys on the Celtics that he's paying a bazillion dollars to come to the Hornets. I mean, especially getting Kemba back, like even if both of those guys ended up being great for the Hornets, like getting Kemba back because he was a guy I loved when I was like younger when he was at UConn. But it's sort of different because Hayward, and I think it's difficult to tell what could have been because he got hurt so gruesomely in his first game with the Celtics. Yeah. So like there is no telling what it would have been like. But I think such a large portion of the fan base just wanted to give up on him immediately. And he didn't play. I mean, I don't think he was ever going to play up to the contract we gave him just because that's not like, I think he's like a second or third option on a really good team as opposed to like what we were paying him, which is like superstar on like a finals contender team. Rozier, it's different because Rozier... Rozier was sort of everybody knew it was an overpay. It was like the old thing in the 90s where the Raiders would always sign the Super Bowl MVP. Hmm. Like if once the once the Super Bowl MVP hit free agency, Al Davis would be like, mine, all the money, yours, you, Raider. Um, so the Rozier thing was just that year when Kyrie was hurt and he played point guard and brought us to the conference finals, which was so fun just because like, Kyrie, even in that first year when he was good, he was sort of a headache. And without him, it was just like Al Horford and then a bunch of sort of young guys who were like talking crap. Like that was the year when Eric Bledsoe was like, I don't know who Terry Rozier is. And Terry Rozier showed up in a Drew Bledsoe jersey. And then game seven, Drew Bledsoe was sitting courtside, like hyping up the crowd. (laughs) So Rozier sort of had had more of an attitude that I appreciated. He was also like in the center of like when we would get in a fight with the wizards every time we played them. But like, it's one of those things and I'm sure you guys have both had it with free agents um, where like you're really, you, you see like the initial tweet or whatever of like such and such signs with whoever. And you're like, oh man, that stinks. And then you get the second alert. That's the contract details. And you're like, we got beat to it. Like there's nothing. Yeah, I, like, I mean, he signed Jacoby Ellsbury. I was like, like emote, like yes, if money were no object, it would be nice for him to be a Red Sox forever. But also, we were never gonna pay that, and yeah. like in the end, we're gonna be better off for having not paid it. I mean, it's the same way I felt when Wayne Simmons went to the Devils. I was like, oh, Wayne going to the Devils, I hate it. And then I see the contract and the amount of money they paid him. And I mean, it was a one-year contract, so it wasn't an abysmal contract, but it was a lot of money. And I was like, wow. You know, honestly, if that's what you were going to get on the open market, I respect the hustle. I don't even have a problem with you not coming. Like, Yeah. All right. 
what do you guys want to do first? No more jobs or bold predictions? Gotta go no more jobs. Always no more jobs. All right. So Ben, you went first when you if you want to elaborate a little more, because we're still kind of on the NBA thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if I have a second no more jobs. Extra more jobs to the Celtics front office, specifically Danny Ainge, but I'm sure there are people working behind the scenes for getting Jason Tatum locked up. Because for how long we took to sign him to an extension, it really felt like it had the potential to become like a Mookie Betts thing of where it's like, oh, he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here. And then it's like, okay, but he does. We're just sort of working it out. And then it becomes an enormous headache as opposed to with this one, they were just like, you're our franchise cornerstone. We're not going to let you play anywhere else for a while, at least, hopefully ever. Um, there were no boxing travesties yet. Huh. My no more jobs about uh, my no more jobs about Andrew Maloney update is he is he is appealing now. Uh, I have no idea what that process is. He's trying to to get because this was one. The only good thing about how terribly they did this is that with the way it went. It's not something where the commission could be like, yeah, they got it wrong, but we also don't know how the fight would go. The commission can just be like, yeah, we messed that up. You're champ again. Yeah. Hmm. So, so no more job, no more jobs continues for the Nevada state athletic commission until they fix this. And if they don't overturn it, then no more jobs for the Nevada state athletic commission forever. John, who you got? Yeah. I mean, so, anybody who's a Sixers fan really wants to jump and be like, yeah, my no more jobs is Elton brand because Daryl Morey comes in here for 15 minutes and literally seemingly single-handedly undoes every terrible decision Elton brand had ever made. He gets rid of Horford and all that, but uh, you know, I think it's more fun for no more jobs to be negative. So my uh, no more jobs is literally any single human being involved with the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) uh just in general uh you know i had family over for the game today so they played the cleveland browns and i had my grandparents over and at one point we're having a conversation and and my dad jokingly goes you know what the problem is with the eagles and my 70 some year old grandfather served in vietnam just screams yeah they blow and (laughs) frankly i i don't i don't have a better way to say it is the play calling's terrible. The performance from the players are terrible. The pieces on the field are terrible at the general manager. The, the Jimmy is terrible. The jam is terrible. I'm hearing everybody screaming that they're not trying in practice. It's the whole thing is an absolute disaster. Uh, so my no more jobs just goes to all of them. It's there's there's individual players who I can exempt for it, but frankly, I, you know, you made the mistake by getting drafted by the Eagles. I'm sorry, Miles Sanders. You've had uh, an absolute great game today, and you've had a great year minus the injury. But I'm sorry, you wear the jersey, so you're getting lumped in the no more jobs. They all suck. They're all worthless, and it's hard to watch. <laughs> all right, hard to watch. Um. I guess I'll go last. Uh, my no more jobs is going to come out of nowhere and surprise both of you, but it's Max Bortenschlager. <laughs> I'm pulling up the box score. Yeah. So yesterday uh, we had Western Kentucky versus FIU, which is Tyrell Pigram versus Max Bortenschlager, two Maryland quarterbacks 
who made their names at Maryland <laughs> going at it at some uh, lower tier schools. Tyrell Pigram, whose team won 38 to 21, threw for 1,217 yards and eight touchdowns. Max Bortenschlager, just 293 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Now, Max Bortenschlager, listen, he played fine. You mean this season? Yes. Okay. Yeah, not in the game. That would be pretty bad. That would be a record. Yeah, that would be uh, insane. Piggy's having a better season than Bortenschlager. Bortenschlager yesterday, fine. Uh, but he lost. My No more jobs was going to be the loser of this game. That's fair. It goes to Bordy. Max Bortenschlager, the guy who's still kicking around in college football. He's got to be in his last year of eligibility, you know? I will say, wow, looking at the box score for this, uh, shout out to the running backs for both teams. Uh, for Western Kentucky, G. Walker, whoever on earth you are, uh, you ran for more yards on your own than Piggy passed for uh, in 25 attempts. And uh, D. Price, whoever you are for uh, – FIU, you ran for six yards shy of what Bordy would pass for. So, so uh, yeah. a little pat on the back for the running backs for being better than both of the quarterbacks that they were playing for. Bortenschlager uh, in 2016 played in two games for Maryland, one start, uh, threw a 92 yard touchdown pass to DJ Moore, which is the second longest pass in Maryland history. In 2017, as we know, he made eight starts after uh, Tyrell Pigram got hurt and then Kasim Hill got hurt. And then he got hurt for a point there, but he beat Minnesota, uh, which was pretty big. 2018, played three games as our holder and then got hurt. And in 2019, he was out due to injury. So he's a redshirt senior playing his last year of eligibility at FIU. Uh, so good for Max Bortenschlager, but do better when you're playing your former teammates. And that is why you are my no more jobs of the week. Bold prediction. Right, so you want to Question transition mark? into bold predictions, everybody. Yeah, if I could go first, because I've been thinking about this one. My bold prediction for the week is that the Pikachu balloon at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this Thursday will, uh, I don't know how to say this for our PG audience, not make it off the route. <laughs> I think he's going to get Barney balloon from a couple of years ago, but Pikachu. Oh, man, no. You've got to run, Pikachu, and I just think it's it's your day is coming. If you do make it on, I don't know if you're going to make it off, man. And this is a bold prediction because why would I be even talking? Bold, but I like it. I like it. Anything that assumes that the Macy's Day Parade will go wrong, thumbs up from old Ben. That's what I'm thinking. So, yeah, Pikachu balloon, watch out. What do you guys got? Colin, uh, you want to go? go? Structure I'll go. Yeah, so I'll go. Um, so, for those who don't know, for some reason, the NFL has decided to give the Eagles Monday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. So I am going to make the bold prediction of, man, the NFL is going to in some way regret giving Eagle Philadelphia Seattle a primetime slot. I will not specifically state what I believe is going to happen, but I believe this is going to be a game of the utmost gross factor as far as football can have it uh and i think the nfl is really going to be kicking itself that it gave philadelphia this many primetime slots this season yeah i mean i'm with you yeah 
I'll wrap us up. I was I was trying to think of a Maryland basketball one, but then I remember that I I didn't get to mention one of the greatest name matchups of all time that we got coming up. So I'm I'm gonna go back to boxing, uh, because I always do at the end of the show. We <laughs> got a uh, my my bold prediction. I believe Saturday night we got heavyweights fighting in London. My bold prediction: twenty three year old budding superstar dynamite Daniel Dubois will knock out Joe the Juggernaut Joyce within four rounds. All right. I'll hold you to it, and you're going to have to let us know how that goes. because I, I, I will. If you're going to just believe whatever I say, then let's say he knocked him out in the second. I can tell you now. All right. uh, inside four rounds. Or my secondary prediction, Terps are going to win a game by 50 points this week. A basketball what sport. We're oh, gonna okay. Do. okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> Um, all right, you guys got any last thoughts? I mean, I got nothing. Alex Tostado, if you ever want to come on the podcast, we're here. So we're I'm just gonna hang out. Like, it yeah, honestly, I, I'm going to start extending every week. I'm going to pick a random B, C list athlete, and I'm just going to extend them. If you ever want to come on the pod, if, if you come you across it, if I can – I mean, yeah, if anybody wants to come on the pod, but I'm going to start looking for you on Instagram and DMing you. Uh, so, you know, if you're a, a mediocre Cody Ashley, look out because you're being next week's. Uh, oh, Colin, I don't know if you talked about your dad. Did you talk about your dad? I, I vaguely mentioned him. He was the one who asked my grandfather what's wrong right, with the right. Eagles. Yeah. Uh, and I, then my I, grandfather said they blow. I saw Colin's dad yesterday and we exchanged a hello. So. Did he have any takes while you were while you were exchanging pleasantries? I was walking out. He was walking in. That was really it. My dad is, my dad is fifty fifty on the fact that he exists as a, uh, as a as a weekly uh, segment on the podcast. My grandfather, <laughs> his father, uh, absolutely loves it. Uh, so we're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> All right then. So this week, Alex Tostado, if you want to come on the podcast and you're for some reason listen to WMUC Sports, step into our web, DM, Alex. DM any of the three of us on Instagram. Let us know, Alex. Uh, I mean, he's you pretty know. busy. He's uh, he plays for uh, Chattanooga. Okay. So uh, yeah, he played hey, five games. We'll zoom him. And he had time zones. He can carve he can carve an hour out of us in Tennessee. Come on now, Alex. Alright, guys. Uh pleasure catching up with you. Do it in next week.